Hey, this is Greg Grenlian from the Redwoods Lacrosse Club. You're listening to the Outside the Box podcast, Roll Woods. We're flying high with the wings and talking all things lacrosse. You're now listening to the Outside the Box podcast right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. What's going on, everybody? We are back. It is episode number 104 of the Outside the Box podcast right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. Dom is back. The air horn is back. (laughs) And we've got a lot to talk about. As always, make sure you check out our storefront on Design Tree. That's dsgntree.com. Search Outside the Box. You get the NLL OTB collab shirts. (laughs) (laughs) all right let me stop let me stop the uh the ding ding boxing gloves that went super well uh with last week's wings nighthawks game you get the og chef rambo shirt i know the wings had a fan fest tonight a couple people uh got free season tickets by making the shot from the mezzanine shout out to rocco and uh i should have went (laughs) a bunch of other stuff on there too we we commented on uh complex's first we feast page talking about the hot sauces for hot ones we need to get the newman nukes hot sauce into Ooh. the hot ones rotation Ooh. with jared newman all Ooh. of that on our design tree storefront use the promo code dsgn5 for five dollars off how, how do you check out how do you do it hot wings it depends on kind of the mood my my hot sauce tolerance over the past couple years has increased okay before, okay. I used to be a complete and utter baby about hot sauce. <laughs> like, I was a honey barbecue, we're, we're rolling easy. Now I can they, handle... Sometimes, sometimes you gotta go they, with that, though, you say, know what I mean? They say your, your like, food palate changes every seven years. It does. So it I definitely does. Mine is on the up and up when it comes to tolerating spicy food. Mm-hmm. And it's it's been a, a pretty fun experience. Well, I was I was the kid that... So remember uh, the Buffalo Wild Wings in in Vineland? Uh, yes. It opened when we were in high school. Yes. So I was the kid that every time we decided to go to Buffalo Wild Wings, I would always order the hot one, like the <laughs> hottest one, like what it, whatever it's called. I forget what it's called. Blazing. Blazing. Like so, I would I would always go and order it, and people would look at me like, dude, like how do you how do you enjoy it? You're sweating right now, like like <laughs> I don't I don't know how, I I really don't know, but. Uh, I always did. I, I I I always have a bottle of hot sauce in the house. You used to have it in your kind. backpack back in the day. No, I, I was when not we first that kid. started. There were there were times when you were coming from either I forget where. There was definitely one time you had a bottle when? of hot sauce with you when? when we recorded a show. When I don't remember this. It was early on. I do not remember this. It was a small one. Really? Yeah, I definitely remember that. Jeez. I'm you were the hot I'm sauce connoisseur before fiend. Jared Newman. Yeah, dude, I, I watch hot ones all the time. It's a it's, great show. I actually watched the one with Shia LaBeouf this morning. It's fantastic. It's amazing. 
Yeah, dude. I, <laughs> Truth or dab with Skip and Shannon? I, I did Flawless. not watch that. I did not. Flawless. I, uh, so the first time I ever went to a Buffalo Wild Wings and I saw that they had that challenge, I did Hashtag it. Buffalo Wild Wings is not a sponsor, but yeah, if they want not a sponsor. Ad, not an ad. Um, feel but free. I, I went and did that challenge. And uh, I remember... I, I, it was, I was the only guy I was with a group of girls so I was like I gotta show off you know what I mean <laughs> so it's like I did it flex it was hilarious too because uh, the the store manager at the time was hilarious doing it so I go I'm taking them down right and uh, at one point I'm eating faster than like I'm like swallowing so it gets stuck all in my throat oh, I'm burning I'm sweating I almost throw up but uh <laughs> But right after, like, so I get it down, but, like, I got a couple wings left, and the store manager comes over with this, like, he's got, like, the double pint glasses from the bar. He oh, filled wow. He filled one with water and one with milk and put them right down in front of me, and he got, like, right next to my ear and was like, I know you want them. I, I, I know you want to drink, but you can't. I know you can. I know, I know you want to. Give up. Go ahead. And I, I just keep shaking my head, and I just keep going. I ran out of time with a wing and a half left. Oh, my God. I went christmas caroling that night before we went so my lips were already chapped i go to the bathroom bro my oh eyes are my bloodshot God. i'm drenched my both of my lips were white i had a layer of dead skin <laughs> over top my lips that is brutal i washed my hands i had to use the bathroom too but i had to wash my hands for like five minutes before i even went like it was I instantly oh. regretted it, but from then on, like I would always order like five wings with it. I would get whatever I whatever else I wanted, and always that. And I was just like, you know what? I like it. All my friends are like, you're sweating. Well, I'll never forget. Whatever. Because the the eight year anniversary of our Mr. Vineland experience yeah. just passed. Yeah. Oh, oh, eight, eight. Jeez. Insane. Jeez. Um, I'll never forget when we went out to Buffalo Wild Wings. After that. And we did. our boy Kevin got he did it the dipping sauces and just straight. That's right, he did. He almost died. That was funny. <laughs> that was funny. You know what I'll never get over about Mr. Vineland? In the yearbook, they put you ahead of me. Did they really? Yeah, they switched our they switched our order. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't care anymore. But it's like <laughs> I did not even know that. Yeah, so they they have Cajun, they have Matt, and then they switched me and you. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, we're gonna get of it. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go look at that. That's hilarious. I did not even know that until just now. Let's 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 move on. Let's move on to uh, some spicier topics. We've got a nice little slate of NLL action going on this week. Uh, Wings hosting the Riptide for the game of the week. Riptide have yeah. a doubleheader this weekend. Yep. We've got some insane goalie matchups between Matt Vince and Dylan Ward. Warren Hill, Christian Del Bianco, some Alterna Cup action, and uh, a friend of the show has uh, called it a career. So we're going to yeah. dive into all of that. Uh, let's kick things off, though. Dump Game of the week, Friday night lacrosse at the Wells Fargo Center. It's exciting. Wings, Riptide, another chapter in this rivalry. Friend of the show, Adam Levy, tweeted out today that he hopes this rivalry continues to grow like all of the other New York-Philadelphia rivalries, like... Eagles, Giants, Phillies, Mets, and cheesesteaks versus thin sliced pizza. Ooh. Personally, hot take. 
I think Philadelphia slash New Jersey has better pizza. Than I agree. New York. I completely agree. Um, so we own that as well. Uh, it's ours. So New York, Philadelphia is the food capital of the world, or f- food capital of the U.S. Excuse me. I don't want to go. I don't want to say the world. That's that's kind of BS. But uh, Philly is definitely one of the food capitals of the world. Totally um, agree. Everywhere you go, you'll find amazing places to eat. Whether it's you know a sh- something off the street a mom and pop like small like little mm-hmm. like it like hole in the wall place or you go to one of those like fancy like well-known places you will always get good food no matter where you go um but again we're talking about food what, what is going on here it's one of those days <laughs> um this matchup though it's gonna be interesting because these interesting. two teams played each other really close the last time they played up in new york it was a 15 to 12 final um, New York tied it up late in the game, and you know I was sitting there thinking, "Wow, like these offenses are kind of going back and forth." But that was also before Blaze Reardon started really finding his stride with just goal scoring, um, and just this team kind of clicking. That was really the first Wings game where I was like, "Okay, this offense is alive and well and, and yeah. thriving." Yeah. You know, their first two games of the season, obviously they lost to Georgia, and then it was a low scoring last second goal scored by Matt Rambo in an 8-7 win over Calgary. But you look at the kind of matchups here in terms of point leaders, Kevin Crowley leading the way for the Wings with 30 points, Tyler Digby with 22. Brett Hickey has just been such a boost for this team. We talk about it all the time, but last season him only playing two and a half games really hurt this offense. He's got 12 goals on this season. He's dangerous on the crease. From what I've I've watched since I've gotten into the season late, I've noticed with the Wings offense – he just kind of parks himself there on, mm-hmm. on the post and just waits. You know, you've got so many guys that can provide passes. Like, Kevin Crowley has 18 assists, right? So 12 goals as well. Yeah, so, like, once these guys get moving and they spread the floor and they open up the play, Hickey's just, like, waiting, and he just gets the passes. And his stick is so quick. Yeah, I was just about to say that. You know, as soon as that ball gets into his head, right in the net, right back in the net. Done. It's, it's amazing. His hands are so quick. It's it's so cool to watch, and it really makes you appreciate how good these guys are. Um, I think the key thing in this matchup is the goaltending. Um, you've got two good guys in that they both have about the same amount of saves, mm-hmm. which is amazing because you've got the Riptide who are one and five, and the Wings are four and two, and you know the goalies have kind of seen the same amount of shots. Not to discredit New York because. Bouquet has been he's fantastic an, for what amazing. he's been presented with. Yes. Um, but I think that's what it comes down to. Um, the face-off margin is just ridiculous in favor of Trevor, and it will always be, no matter who you play. The interesting thing in this one is the last time these two teams played, Alex Woodall went about 50% with Trevor, and that was kind of the biggest struggle Trevor's had all season. So yeah. that's going to be definitely a matchup to watch in this game, yeah. especially coming off the game that Alex Woodall had against Georgia, where he won 20 of 28, I believe, yeah. against the Swarm. So that matchup, I think, is going to dictate a lot of mm-hmm. how the transition game kind of unfolds for I both agree. of these teams, not just the Wings. Um, they, you can see the Wings offense is clicking, right? They're getting a lot of shots on goal. So, you know, when you've got that and you've got a goalie that sees a lot of shots, you, you got to expect that some are going to go in. Um, I'm really, I'm really excited to watch this game. Yeah, I mean, Super excited to watch this game. Tyler Digby's been a force yeah. for this New York offense. Obviously, they have Dan Lomas, who had a hat trick in the last game, just in the fourth quarter alone. 
He's got that stick speed very similar to Brett Hickey where these guys can just kind of score at will. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got Dan McCray. You've got the number one overall pick in Tyson Gibson. We've said this New York offense has the pieces to succeed. It's mm-hmm. just a matter of their defense and transition game being on that same level as their offense on any given this night. This could become another shootout. I, I agree. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. Yeah, I, the Riptide, are they coming off of a loss? Or they're coming or, off their first They're win. coming off the win, that right? overtime win yeah. against Georgia. Yeah, so they're coming in hot. You know, they're coming in high. You know, morale is good. So it, it, it'll obviously be tough. Uh, they're going away, though. And you know the Wells Fargo Center is not an easy place to play in. Um, so uh, I think that's in the wing's favor, you know. But uh, definitely, it, there's a reason why they made this the game of the week. And uh, very, very excited. I just can't stop saying that. And this is game one of two for the Riptide as yeah. well. So I will not be shocked if we see maybe a little bit of different lineup, you know, oh, 100%, and stuff 100%. in this game as compared to their home game against Seals 100%. on Saturday night. Um, I think this is going to be a big game for Kevin Crowley. Mm-hmm. I think Kyle Matisse is going to you know, continue to dominate floor time. And I think Blaze Reardon is going to continue to be a force. And don't count out Josh Currier for yeah. just putting up points when you don't expect Literally, it. listen to every single name that you're saying. Exactly. You can go down the list for the wings, and there's so many op- or like there's so many threats. And there's so many people that can be on that offensive set that can score a goal or provide a goal. And, you know, including Trevor, right? If he starts six own- goals this season if, in transition. If he starts owning the faceoffs, you're going to see a lot of transition goals and a lot of quick goals where the wings could head out into an early lead, or if they end up down, that can change momentum real quick. Um, that's that's definitely really exciting. I mean, any anytime the wings play, it's going to be exciting, um, just because of how high powered their mm-hmm. offense is. And last game against Rochester, and even against New England, I was very impressed with the wings' defense. You know, the offense was there. Yeah. But- being able to hold New England's offense that has been on such a hot start to begin the season to, you know, seven goals in regulation, eight if you count the overtime, mm-hmm. quote-unquote, goal, and then you hold Rochester to four goals with the lethal offense that they have with the trio of Katoni and the two Evans. I've been very impressed by this little stretch by the Wings' defense we, recently. We always talk about getting to the dirty areas, and that's that's kind of what the Wings have been doing. They have those, you know, hard-nosed you know, blue collar guys mm-hmm. that just get to those spots and they don't care, right? You saw it against Rochester. You know, they don't care that they're playing dirty against mm-hmm. them. And they're just going to, you know, dig deeper and they're going to come out with a victory or they're going to, you know, work hard enough to make sure that they're in a position to win a game. And that's been kind of the night and day from last season's exactly. wings to this season's exactly. wings. The defense is another year older, wiser, experienced. Exactly. And you have that much better of a goaltender behind them yeah. than Zach Higgins. You gave the team a year to gel, and look what happens. Exactly. Right? New York's second game of the weekend is back on the island against the San Diego Seals. First time these two teams will face each other uh, in their histories, and both teams are 1-5. and five. So this is going to be uh, a potential battle for each team's second win of the season if yeah. New York doesn't come out on top against the Wings. Westberg leading the points. Uh, total for this Seals team with 27. And Connor Fields leading the goals total. Only by one. By one. Only by one. With 11 uh, for the Seals. But as we've talked about, it's it's those two guys and Zach Greer that have kind of led this offense. Now, we do know Casey Jackson is back, and I would expect him to 
build upon his one assist performance from last weekend mm-hmm. and, and just kind of continue to find his groove as he gets back into the swing of things this season, which adds another dimension to this offense, which is a good thing for San Diego. San Diego's offense is high-powered. They have over 300 shots, right? They're at 344. So, you know, they're getting the offensive looks. It's just they haven't been able to either capitalize on some of them because, obviously, uh, the Riptide have two more goals on less shot attempts on goal. By almost 100. Yeah. However, however, you know, the Seals have been on the wrong side of a couple games where they've played well or they've played decent and they just can't finish a game, right, like last week. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm very interested to see what Seals team kind of comes out. You have the weapons there, right, and you have weapons that are still going to come back. Right. right? Austin Stotts is still on the mend. So, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see how they play. And then, like you said, there's obviously, for the Riptide, there's going to probably be lineup changes. But however that game the night before turns out on Friday, you know, you can expect to see one of two kind of Riptide teams come out. And they may, you know, take Friday night as a warm-up and then come out to this game with, you know, the mindset like, hey, this team is in the... Yeah, we're at home. This team is in the same boat as us. This team came all the way over from the West Coast, you know, yeah, they have the options. We've got a good goalkeeper, and we're going to you know, show why we should be taken more seriously. A lot of people, because we tweeted it out um, this week, one of the big transaction moves was that the Vancouver Warriors released Aaron Bold, their yeah. backup goaltender uh, this season. Just with how well Eric Penny's been playing, uh, they felt they could bring in a guy that was with them in training camp and had a strong training camp. Um, so Aaron Bold is now a free agent. A lot of people, when we tweeted that, kept tweeting us, you know, Riptide, Riptide, Riptide. I mean, he would be a, a nice backup option mm-hmm. for Alex Bouquet. I don't know if he would force the Riptide's hand to have him start. I, I think Alex Bouquet, for what has been presented to this Riptide team through, you know, their first six games of the season, has done a fantastic job. Yeah. I honestly think that the Seals should look towards it. Look, look at Shigliano. He's got 195 saves. Big Frank's had a tough start to the season. Yeah, it, it's tough, right? You can't like every other goalie you've probably seen has had a ton more saves, especially by week nine. You're, you and you see how many shots on goals, you know, the teams across the league are generating when you can't even get to 200. He's almost at 200. He's at 195, mm-hmm. but like most goalies that we're gonna look at are probably well over well 200. Over 200. Yeah, so like it's tough. I, I, you can't. The coach in me never wants to blame a goalie. Mm-hmm. You want to blame the defense because they're not helping the goalie out, right. getting teams into bad shooting looks where the goalie can make an easy save. Um, so it's partially that. But then, you know, I haven't watched Seals' game, so I don't know what he's yeah. giving up. But, you know, I would expect to see that. I would expect to see better performances from the goalie. If anybody's going to pick up Aaron Bold, though, they're automatically getting, one, a positive guy in the locker room. Two, you know, you never want to see injuries happen, but you would have arguably the best one-two punch with whoever you bring in if you bring in Aaron Bold. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's going to be interesting, too, with this Riptide team because last weekend when they did win against Georgia, Kira McArdle played, had a fantastic game, a yeah. hat trick. Connor Kelly was a healthy scratch. So I wouldn't be shocked if we see... Connor Kelly play in one of these games this weekend, Kieran McCardle play in one, or if Coach Reggie Thorpe tries to play both of them and That'd just be swap some things up, you know, and, and 
take somebody out of the lineup that hasn't been yet. Yeah. Um, I mean, so Kelly's also young. Yeah. And he's he's this is his second year in the league. Mm-hmm. He's still learning. He'll come around, kind of deal. Um, and like when you think about him on the field, he's no slouch. Not at all. So you know. He's he's probably one of those field guys that's taking just a little bit longer to kind of get used to the game, but once he once he comes around, I think he'll be a very good option to the list of mm-hmm. other options that this team has. You know, we constantly are saying that we're just waiting for the Seals' offense and season to kind of turn around and kick into that yeah. next gear. And same thing for the Riptide. You know, yeah, one hundred percent. With Connor Kelly, with Kieran McCardle, you have Dan McCray, Tyler Digby, Dan Lomas. Like this this loaded offense, Tyson Gibson. Oh yeah, sorry. Connor Kelly Connor was with Kelly's, the Seals last year. Yeah, he's on the Riptide now. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. Connor Fields is with the Seals. Yeah, so, you know, same thing. Right? Yeah. Uh, Connor Kelly still waiting to get in there. Mm-hmm. We're waiting for the Riptide's offense to start clicking. Consistently. Because exactly. we've seen it click. Exactly. We saw it click against Georgia last weekend. We saw it click against the Wings. Exactly. We, we've seen it, you know, it's just Excuse a me for of that. them stacking it together yeah. and watching it happen week to week to week. Please, please just bear with me because you know I'm still getting used to this, <laughs> this, uh, this season. But, <laughs> the the big thing that you did point out though is that the Riptide have more goals than the Seals this season, and have less shots on goal. Yeah. So they're getting better opportunities yeah. when it comes to scoring. They're being the more clinical. Team. Yeah. Right. You know. It's a blessing and a curse, right? Because you do obviously want to generate a lot of options because the more options, obviously, you know, the law of averages will tell you that you're going to score more goals the more chances you put towards the net. Mm-hmm. But it's it's nice to see that you're, with whatever chances you are getting, you're being a little more clinical than most teams. Um, it, it You kind of have to play both ends. And, you know, I'm curious to see how the Riptide do with that. It is going to be... Even though both teams are one and five, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch that yeah. game too because it's going to be two teams that are just starving for yeah. their second chance at victory. Plus, the Seals have not won in regulation this season. Yeah. Their one victory came in overtime against Vancouver. Yeah, you want to talk about a team that's clinical with their chances? We can talk about this next game, which, in my opinion, is one of the games to watch this week. Totally. Uh, when you're looking at Buffalo versus Colorado, the Bandits only have 211 shots on goal with 49 goals, but they're being clinical and and. See, it's the complete opposite, right? They have almost similar stats in those uh, categories to the Riptide. However, they have a much better record. Mm-hmm. They are very good, but I th- also are three and one. I also think that's attributed to the kind of guys they have on the Absolutely. team. You know what I mean? They have this young quadrant of guys that yeah. are just putting up points each and every week. Dane Smith, yeah. Josh Byrne. Uh, You've got very consistent guys, established guys in the NLL that you know know how to win, and they've been doing it for a couple Chris of years. Chris Cloutier fitting in with this team the way that he plays. Good and, of God. course, our guy, Chase Frazier. Yeah. Shout out to Chase. Sharing the podcast on Instagram last week because uh, we, we pumped him up a little bit, and we're going to continue to do so, so. Yeah, shout out Chase, man. Yo, that suit was fire. Flames. I got to talk about that Absolute real quick. flame. That was fire. Like, jeez, come on now. The drip is come on too now. good. Yo, that team has too much drip. <laughs> You've got three guys that come into every game just looking sauced. Like, come on now. Share some. Share sauced. some. Let me share some secrets, man. But you look at Colorado and the way that they play this transition game. Yeah. Almost 500 loose balls on the Firepower. season. Firepower. They're, Fast they're playing well at the faceoff. 
They have 68 goals this year. Yeah. And they are just finding ways to win. They they know how to play the box game correctly. The coaching staff, the players, the, it, it just clicks, right? You, you've got guys who know what to do, and they just come out every night and execute. Whether they win or they lose, right? It, it, it They always give a good game to whoever they're playing, and you can never take them lightly, no matter who you are. Exactly. And, I mean, Ryan Lee. Chris Wardle, Kyle Killen, like... 31 points. Eli McLaughlin. That's a, a core that you want to build around, and you have guys that are contributing that are young guys, like Warren Jeffrey is a defender, who they're pairing up with, you know, veteran defensemen. Mm-hmm. I love the way that Colorado is playing defense. They're, they're kind of units that they're running defensively are a young guy who's not very experienced in the NLL, paired up with a guy who's been in the league for a while, yeah. let them learn together... And it's helping the younger guy, yeah. while it's also helping the veteran learn new styles to help their game. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. it's working tremendously. Yeah. Plus, you have Dylan Ward. Yeah, I was just going to talk about the goalie matchup. This is this is one of the heavyweight matchups in in net for both sides, Matt Vince and uh, Dylan Ward. Uh, now, look, remember what I said about the saves. Matt Vince has only had 168 saves, but I think that's attributed to Buffalo's defense. Mm-hmm. Um, He's not seeing shots. Yeah. That's just what it is. And when he is seeing shots, he's saving them. Dylan Ward has made 308 saves. So, you know, the Mammoth getting more shootouts, but then you've got a stalwart in net, and he just saves everything. And the Mammoth have also played three more games than Buffalo, too. Yes. Buffalo's 3-1, and one, the Mammoth are 4-3, and three, so you also have to kind of take that into account. They've played seven games, yeah. You, you kind of add those extra three games in for Matt Vince, he's probably in that same range. As 100%. Like, you know, when you've only played four games, you know, your stats still aren't there. So, you know, for four games, 168 saves, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's nice. Dane Smith leading this team in points. He just is an absolute monster. Uh, Josh Byrne. Up to ten goals. On you the season. you expect to see those those two guys exactly. in, in those categories. And then you know you just have the the defense playing well with yeah. Ian McKay, Steve Priolo. Like this team is yeah. is loaded on defense. The only thing that concerns me is Buffalo this year on the faceoff has been way below average Jesus. in my book. Thirty five point two percent. They've only won thirty eight of their one hundred eight faceoffs this year. That's a tough scene when you're playing against a Colorado yes. team that thrives. In transition, mm-hmm. they score goals in transition like you wouldn't believe. They just are able to dominate and and create better than most teams in this league. So if Buffalo wants to come out on top in this game, especially with it being in Colorado, they're gonna have to figure out something at that faceoff X or succeed at a different portion of the game yeah. that much better than they would at the faceoff X. Yeah, it's it. it... <laughs> It's funny, no pun intended, because the bandits are playing, but it's a shootout. It's really a shootout because you can't get frustrated on the X, but when you get frustrated at the faceoff, what you're going to have to do is just match the offensive firepower that the uh, Mammoth are going to bring, winning faceoffs, getting down the other end quick, putting shots on net. You're going to have to do that. And Buffalo obviously has the pieces to do that. So it, it'll be very entertaining. It's probably going to be high scoring. Even mm-hmm. with even with these two goalies in net, it's going to come down to a couple key saves at the end of the game. And whichever goalie makes those key saves, their team is going to come out and win. Another hashtag Levy stat from our guy Adam Levy. If you're not following him on Twitter, you should be. It's at Adam Levy Sports, L-E-V-I. Uh, he tweeted this earlier today. said, I don't know anybody who's expecting a lot of goals to come out of this Bandits 
mammoth game this weekend, but historically speaking, games between Dylan Ward and Matt Vince haven't been that low scoring. In seven meetings, the teams averaged 23.8 combined goals. Wow. Which is shocking when you have both of those guys in net. Which is like what we're talking about, right? We expect these guys to be amazing in net, but they also play on teams that are high-powered offenses. Mm -hmm. And and that's the reason, like, when you got these guys, and and whatever team they've played on in their careers, right, they're going to be playing on a good team. And they're going to be put on a team that has a high-powered offense. And when you go against another team with another good goalie and good offense goals are going to be scored it's just it's just the name of the game right you never really see shutouts in the sport of lacrosse whether it's the field or whether it's in the box closest we came was this past sunday at the wings game (laughs) yeah um so you know i'm not surprised i'm not surprised by the stat but i do think that's a pretty cool stat yeah and and that is honestly this this is my game of the week you know the league is putting the Philly game on Friday as the game of the week, but this is definitely my game of the week. Yeah, this game is going to be a lot of fun. That's Saturday night, nine thirty p.m. Eastern time in Colorado. I believe it is their beach party, and they are giving away the sickest Hawaiian shirts I've ever seen. Beach party in Colorado. It's called a snow party. <laughs> Interesting. Um, but if if the mammoth want to send us a couple of those those button downs those those yo, cool shirts one. let me get one they yo. are flames let me get one uh Saturday night, Saturday night at nine thirty p.m. Eastern time as well out in Calgary we have our second Alterna Cup matchup of the season for those of you that are just tuning in for the first time and have no idea what the Alterna Cup is it is the in season tournament for the five Canadian teams in the NLL. Winner who has the best winning percentage at the end of the season wins the Alterna Cup trophy. We've got the Halifax Thunderbirds taking on the Calgary Roughnecks. Another dynamic goalie matchup in this one. Warren Hill, who is... You never really talk about goalies being MVPs. Warren Hill is in the early season MVP discussion, or I should say at the mid-season MVP discussion because we are now at week 9 of 18 in the NLL. Uh... And then you have Christian Del Bianco, who yeah. is one of the best goalies in the league as well. Two high-powered offenses, Cody Jamison, Curtis Dixon going up against each other. Those are, those, are like, those are two of the best guys in the league, in my opinion. Easy. You always see Cody Jamison on the score sheet, whether it's assisting or scoring. Same thing with Curtis. Like These guys are just... You can always count on them. It's kind of like when the wings kind of can count on like Kyle and uh, Big Cat. Like these are guys you always look to in a time of need when you need a goal, and they never disappoint. So this this will be entertaining. Cody's not not only scoring, he's facilitating, leading the team in assists. Uh, Marshall King leading the the Roughnecks with thirteen assists. Again, two high powered offenses. Halifax is undefeated still. Yeah. Calgary's been up and down coming off a, a gut-wrenching, tough loss to the Rochester Nighthawks last weekend. They're going to want to get back in this win column. They're back at home, which I think is a big positive yeah. for Calgary, not having to go to Halifax, who has built one of the best home field advantages in the league in year one of their existence. But I think this game comes down to the goalie matchup. Warren Hill has been the best goalie in the league to start this season by far. Uh, 215 saves on the season. He's had games where he's given up five goals, four goals. He's he's not letting teams score on him. Um, you know, you look at the Halifax offense, Stephen Keogh leading the way with 10 goals. You've got the Syracuse like goal. Jackson, um, you know, Clark Peterson, the rookie for Halifax, doing his thing. Both of these teams have the ability to score. Yeah. 
but it's also going to come down to can you get past these two stalwart goalies? Yes. Um, I just want to touch on Stephen Keogh real quick. I've seen this man do amazing things at Syracuse. This man just doesn't score like clinical just d- just doesn't score clinical goals. Mm-hmm. He gets a little fancy every now and then, and that helps. Uh, playing at Syracuse, obviously, when you're that north, uh, you play box as well. Um, so you know, obviously, just an absolute beast on the in the box. One and, hell of a mustache. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, I don't really know much yet. Go back up the stats. Let's see. Uh, 61 goals to 54. Uh, kind of even in the loose ball game a little bit. Halifax has a couple more. Um, the Obviously, big, Jake Withers is the, the dominating big, the face. Yeah, I was just going to say the big thing is the face-off percentage. Uh, you're winning. If Calgary is winning like 57% of their face-offs, which mm-hmm. is, is no slouch, right? But when you're winning 75% of your face-offs, man, that is just insane. You you you're gonna own you're gonna own the loose balls you're gonna own the faceoffs right you know Calgary has to come in with a game plan to try and stifle at least one of those right or it's gonna again like this this weekend based off of the games we've talked about right I wouldn't be surprised if every single game is high scoring mm-hmm. right like even we're talking about how good the goalies are in each matchup but we're also talking about how good each of the offenses, offenses. that are playing each other are. So, and also, there's there's more bragging rights to this. The exactly. All-Time Cup is, it, this is a matchup for both of them, um, which kind of adds the fuel to the fire mm-hmm. when these two Cana- when any two Canadian teams play. It's just like, oh, okay, you know what? Let's go out and, you know, be one of the best teams in the league, yep. but also be one of the best teams in Canada. Exactly. So you know this this is definitely a, a game to watch. And if Calgary you're if you're not been, watching the the mammoth play the bandits, watch this, watch this or, or have double screens. Yeah, you you need to have something on your phone and on your TV for this one, just because you don't want to miss either one of these games. And you know Calgary has been holding first place of this Alterna Cup since week one of the season. Yeah, you know we haven't had a matchup since then, so they've yeah. been kind of just at the top of the standings doing their thing. Halifax, you know, loudly has started this season undefeated. Yeah. So this is going to be a very fun matchup. Calgary's looking to get right. Can they get right against arguably the best team in the league so far through the first half of the season? Extremely interesting. Going to be a fun matchup. As is this final game of the weekend, Sunday matinee, 1 p.m., up in New England. The Georgia Swarm and the New England Black Wolves. Lots of implications in the East Division this weekend. Yeah. Uh, obviously, with all four teams in action and New York in action twice. Uh, and we all know New England is undefeated at the top of the division. Georgia's two and three. Uh, wings sitting at four and two. Say Georgia's able to help the Wings out here. We could see some movement in the East Division this yeah. weekend. But The key is the faceoff, though. Um, Georgia has not been good on the faceoff. No. But they have been good. In the point scoring department. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Shane Jackson leading the way with 30 points, yeah. along with Callum Crawford for New England with 30 points. Yeah. That's going to be just a back-and-forth heavyweight matchup. Uh, Callum Crawford does everything for him. Shane, He's so good. one more goal than Callum, 15-14. to 14. Randy Stotts, though. We talk about it every week. <laughs> 26 assists on the season for Randy Stotts. 10 more than New England's leader being Calum Crawford. Nobody can stop him from finding the open man. Nobody. It's absurd. I believe he had nine assists last week he literally in al- a loss. He literally almost has the same amount of points as Shane Jackson by just assisting. Assists. 
So obviously he doesn't score the goals because uh, for whatever reason, right? For whatever reason. But <laughs> it's impressive. Like, All right, I'll help you. Yeah, it's impressive Here that he's go. given helpers to everybody. Like it's like Robin Hood. Yeah, like give to everybody else. Why not? Um, interesting. And another good goalie match. I was I was just gonna say that Mike Poulin, <laughs> Doug Jameson. Both guys have, you know, been standing on their heads all season long. Uh, and it's a testament to New England's defense that we saw against the Wings last weekend. Doug Jameson's only gotten the opportunity for 171 saves this season. New England's defense has been one of the best yeah. in the league this season. And George's defense has been no slouch. Mike Pullen only 186 saves on the season. Um you know, it, it's really weird to me that Georgia is only two and three this season so far, but they've been able to put up points. They just haven't been able to stop much, or they've just been in really close games. Mm-hmm. And you know, the the biggest thing from this is that it's at Mohegan Sun Arena. It's on that smaller floor. There's no overhead camera, so guys, uh, make sure you're not scoring. You know, another another goals. another crease dive in coming off the crease. Um. I think the biggest matchup to watch here is just Shane Jackson going pound for pound with Calum Crawford and if they can just keep up with each other. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And just seeing if Randy Stotts' assist tour continues uh, and to see if he just continues facilitating this offense the way that he has. Obviously, we know Lyle Thompson is on this team. Miles Thompson is on this team. Jordan Hall. The list goes on and on for the Georgia offense. But it's really been the Shane Jackson show to start this season, and, and he's been carrying this team offensively. Yeah, I don't really have much else to say. I'm actually no. Let me let me talk about Georgia. Um, I've I've liked Georgia for a few years just because I'm a big Lyle fan mm-hmm. as well, um, and I it it hurts to see that they're not doing that well. Um, Especially since they were very good last year. Oh, 100 percent. They they're got they got to the final up and down start. Yeah. Wait, they got to the final, right? Two years ago. Two years ago, yeah. Two years um, ago, they won the whole thing. Last yes. year, they lost to, I want to say, Toronto. Fact check. We can fact check that. Um, but, yeah, you got a great team, right? It's amazing that you don't even see Lyle in a point leader position, whether it's assists, goals, or combined, right? So, it's, it's really really interesting and I'm, I'm waiting for his season to really get underway I'm, I'm waiting to you know go on instagram and you know see the lyle highlights right the the ones you and i both know so well right and when you've got guys like randy providing everybody it's amazing that lyle isn't scoring more right so i'm i'm really curious to see what georgia team kind of comes out I'm waiting for that one game where they just beat the bricks out of somebody. I was right. Toronto beat okay. Georgia yeah. in the playoffs, uh, 16-14. to 14. But, yeah, I mean, it's a it's an East Division battle. Both of these teams want to keep winning, obviously. Yeah. New England wants to stay undefeated. Georgia's looking to bounce back after losing to New York, get to the 500 mark. So this is an important game for both teams, especially yeah. with all four teams in the East, like we said, uh, in action this weekend. and. A lot of shifting could potentially happen depending on how these games fall. And uh, what better way to transition into our picks than with that? So, Dom, it is time for the picks. As always, guys, P 
pick segment this season brought to you by our friends at Design Tree. That's DSGN Tree. Go to, our, go to their website, search outside the box. You get the NLL OTB collab shirt. That means you can rep your squad and your favorite pod all season long. Use the promo code DSGN5 for $5 off at checkout. You ready for the picks? Let's do it. Leading things off this weekend, the game of the week, the Riptide and the Wings in South Philly at the Wells Fargo Center. Friday night, 7 p.m. Rivalry game. The Wings' home field advantage is just a big-time factor in this one for me. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a high-scoring game. Mm -hmm. I don't see how the Wings drop this one. I agree. Riptide. Wings. You get another game, though, this weekend, so we'll see how that goes. But I, I, I just think the Wings' offense has too many elements to it and sure the riptide offense is very deep but the defenses we talked about the wings defense being yeah the stalwart it has been the past couple of weeks i think the the goalie martin you know nod goes to zach higgins over alex bouquet wings win this one in a big time shootout yeah that uh, i don't i don't need to say anything else you you pretty much hit every point saturday night um the san diego seals travel east to take on the new york riptide 7 30 p.m at the Nassau Coliseum, both teams one and five, looking for their second wins of the season. This is going to be a lot of fun. Who do you say? I think the Riptide come out with a big time win. I'm gonna go against you. I think uh, the Seals they are coming across the country to play this game. However, I think they're. I, it's it's been bubbling, right? Whoa, <laughs> the uh, um. They've just been waiting. It's been building up, right? They've had they have the offensive players to do it, right? They have a good go- they have a decent goalie, right? Um, I think that this is the week that they kind of get over that hump and get out of the rut, and they they come out with a with a nice win. So we're going opposites there as we head to the beach party. Out in Colorado, 9.30 p.m., Buffalo. This is a tough one. Bandits, this is Colorado, one. Mammoth. Mammoth looking to rebound after a one-in-one weekend last weekend. Bandits had a huge win over Toronto. How do you see this one unfolding? I don't even know, man. Um, my gut wants me to pick the Bandits. But something about me just keeps like second guessing. The mammoth are at home. That's how I'm feeling too. And it's like I think the home field advantage plays a big part in this. The loud house lives like, up to the name. I don't know, man. I'm rocking with the mammoth this weekend. I, I like the way their defense is playing. I, I like their goal scoring ability. And I think Dylan Ward is just poised to show the world again why. You should not hashtag trade Ward, even though he thinks a hot dog is a taco. <laughs> it's not in a tortilla. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? The NLL did a the hot dog is a sandwich. They did a hot is a hot dog a sandwich thing, and Dylan Ward said no, it's a taco because it's, it's a sandwich. It's oh. a hot dog isn't a hot dog, right? Well, it's called a hot dog, obviously, right? But it's like. A special kind of bun, right? And what is a bun? It's bread. Just like a bun is on a hamburger and a hamburger is a sandwich. A hot dog is a sandwich. It's not a taco, okay? This is this is something I hold close and dear to my heart, man. 
just because you said that, I'm going with Buffalo. All right. No, it. I think. <laughs> I think it's going to be the uh, Josh and Dane show, and I just think that, uh, you know, with other pieces that they have, you know, Baldy will score a couple goals, and uh, Chase. yeah, Chase will get a couple, and I think that the the, the Bandits offense will be clicking, and I just think that they'll come out a win. Bandits are rocking and rolling. Uh, they're three and one. I just think Colorado is is poised for a, a big win, a big statement win. The faceoffs will definitely uh, decide that game yeah, for sure. And the transition game that Colorado brings yeah. to the table, I think, is going to be a big factor, and that's why I'm rocking with my boys in Colorado. My game of the week, the Alterna Cup matchup: Halifax Thunderbirds going on the road for the first time in a while out to Calgary to take on the Roughnecks Saturday night, 9:30 p.m. Eastern time. Calgary coming off a tough loss, like we said, to the Rochester Nighthawks. Halifax, one of the two undefeated teams left in the league. These offenses are potent. Two great goalies. I just got to go with the high hand. You can't pick against Halifax until further notice. Like, they have given you no plausible reason to pick against them. They have played flawless lacrosse all season long. It's a big reason why they're undefeated. And they're just playing as a team. Like, they are fun to watch. They're fun to just kind of, you know, follow and see how they're playing. Mike, of course, he has this team playing at a high level. And until they actually lose a game, mm-hmm. there's no substantial reason to pick against them. So I have to go with the Halifax Thunderbirds. Halifax stays undefeated. Shout out to the uh, NLL power couple, uh, KJ and Dana. It just has to happen. Friends of the show. Um, yeah, yeah, Halifax stays undefeated for sure. Final game of the weekend in the East Division. Georgia travels to New England Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. This game's going to be very interesting. Now, with me, all right, I haven't picked a lot of home teams. The only home team I picked so far was the Wings. Um, I want to pick New England as much as it pains me to pick them. And, like, something just tells me, right, because I talked about it already. This will be the game that Lyle just pops off, off, right? You know, I pick. It, it always happened. It happened last year. Every single time yep. I picked against Georgia, Lyle had an amazing, amazing game, game and just made me look stupid. <laughs> and it's like, it's like, <laughs> I really don't know. And and the swarm are kind of poised. It's like it's kind of like the same reasoning I had with the seals, where it's like waiting for that breakout it's, game. It's like there, they just haven't gotten over that hump. Oh, um. New England is just good. They're playing at home. There's Defeated. just something about that arena where, you know, they, they it's well. hard for teams to go in there. It's like playing at Wells Fargo, right? It's a divisional it, it, matchup. It's hard, and I think that's the other thing, right? The Black Wolves don't want to drop divisional games. They didn't drop a divisional game against the Wings when we thought like the Wings were going to go in and play well, right? And, you know, I'm kind of guilt-tripped into, you know, since I didn't pick them last week and they kind of talked to us on Twitter. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to go with New England. Lyle proved me wrong. This one is... I've been thinking about this game probably since last week's game ended because I think it is the most important game in terms of just overall league implications. Yeah. Um, It's in terms of Georgia getting back on track, New England staying undefeated. Yeah. I haven't learned my lesson. I'm picking the Georgia Swarm. Sorry, New England Black Wolves Twitter. You know what? I can't blame you because, look, in my head, like I said, Lyle obviously always likes to prove me wrong. 
The other thing is Randy Stotts is just so, so good. So good. <laughs> and I, I, I'm waiting for that game where he pops off and he starts Goals scoring. Wise. When he starts scoring and assisting, that's when the Swarms start playing well. And I just don't see that happening this week. When the when the swarm start play, when the swarm play another like lower table team in yeah. one of the divisions, that's when it'll that's when it'll click. But I just can't think that's going to happen this week. So those are your picks of the week. Dom and I both taking the wings at home in the game of the week. I'm taking the Riptide. He's taking the Seals. He's going Bandits. I'm going Mammoth. We're both going Halifax. I'm going Georgia. He's going New England. <laughs> As always, picks brought to you by our friends at Design Tree. <laughs> uh, we've got some PLL news to discuss. Uh, shorter, shorter news first. PLL week three. They're hitting up the island. They're going to Long Island, playing at Stony Brook. Um, there are. Hey, they're playing at Stony Brook. How I many, played there before. How many pros in the PLL down? Do you think there are from Long Island? Oh, that's a good question. Well, this was on the PLL's Instagram, and I learned this fact just a couple days ago. Ooh, ooh. Okay, um, I'm gonna set a baseline. Okay, and then you tell me over under, and then I'll figure it out from there. Um, see, I'm an offensive player. I play attack, so I'm I'm always poised to watch the attack and the midfield, like the offensive midfield, more. Sixty. Is it over under? Under. Under. Forty seven. Still under. Wow, really? Twenty nine. Over. Thirty two. A little bit more over. Thirty five. Yes. Thirty five oh. pros in the PLL are from Long Island. Wow. Well it's a pretty okay. quality number. Look, when when how many players are in the NLL or the PLL to- Completely. Uh, you have 26 active guys on a roster, so a little bit more than one full roster is from Long Island. Yeah. Um, you know what? I I can see that, and the reason I can see that is this. Such a hotbed. This this is yes, but it's a hotbed for offensive talent. Yes. And this is this a is my this is this talent. is my hot take. Okay. Um, Long Island is not a place and there are now don't get me wrong there are some very good defenders that have come out of there like rick bardsley who you know played amazing in the mlo for his entire career um and he's a great coach and a great defensive coach but the long island style of play offensively is very pretty to watch dangles ankle breaking top corner snipes right it's 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 high powered you know, everybody can shoot, everybody can dodge, everybody can do the, the flashy stuff. Defensively, when you go to New York, and especially when you play on the island, it's very physical. The island defenders play physical, and they throw hard slaps, and, and they get in your face, and, and they're, they talk trash, and it's just, it gets in your head. And However, when you go to other places that are hotbeds, when you go to Maryland, when you go to Virginia, when you go to Philly, um, those guys are a lot more technical in their defensive approach. They're going to play your body, 
they can get physical. You go down to Maryland, it's probably the best combination of everything that you can get when it comes to any position. But they're going to get in your face. But these guys are surgeons with the stick. I, I have some friends from PA. Their stick skills rival that of Long Island short sticks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that is why I'm not surprised that you don't see more numbers. I'm curious to see the majority of those 35 who are offensive players and who are defensive players just because I think that the offensive style of Long Island play fits the PLL more than a lot of that hard-nosed, rough, body, physical defense. You see it from some guys, right? But in the PLL, you need to be a little more surgical with your checks, with with uh your positioning because when you just play aggressive like that there's a lot of offensive players that want that right they'll get by you they'll deal with the body they'll deal with those hard slaps right and whatever you do and and you'll get right by it um if you're listening to this and you're from long island you disagree hit me up on twitter we can talk about it um but that's that's my take on it I, if you're if you're looking it up, I don't know if you are or not. I actually have a list of some of the guys from Long Island. That yeah, I can list off. We got two goalies, Adam that's, Gittleman. That's the other Scotty th- Rogers. Long Island goalies, man. <clears throat> Long Island goalies are fun. They talk a lot, mm-hmm. and it gets in your head as an attackman. When I used to play travel in high school, that's the one thing I noticed. When I went and played at like Hofstra. And I played at tournaments at Stony Brook and all that kind of stuff. When you're playing the New York teams, the goalie talks. Jack Cannon as well. Yeah. Uh, here's the rest of the list. This is uh, provided by Long Island native, our friend Kicks by Carly. Uh, Mike Earhart. Mm-hmm. Guddy. Guddy. Troy Ray. And obviously Troy's brother He's playing in the MLL as well. He's a beast. Uh, Tommy Kelly. Yeah. Ryan Flanagan. Mm-hmm. Kevin Understein. Matt Donowski. Jack Kelly, Tyler Dunn, Miles Jones, John Crawley, uh, Andrew Hodgson, Joe Lacasio, Tim Rotans, Steve DiNapoli, Will Manny, and Brendan Fowler, plus Connor Farrell. Yeah, so you who's a converted football so, player. Yeah, so you named off a lot of offensive players. There's some defensive guys in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, you're going to have defensive guys in there, right? Especially like once you go from Long Island and you go to whatever college you go to, right? They can they can mold you into what they want, right? So you got guys that go from Long Island to other schools that are off the island and they learn, right? And and that's a positive because now you're taking that aggressive style and and you're you're molding it and refining it, and that's I think when a Long Island defenseman becomes next level, right? That's the scary Long Island defenseman, one who stays on the island. I think doesn't get all of that. And I think that's a disservice. Yeah. Um, and if he does make the jump, Rob Pinnell also. Oh, man. You want to you talk, like, <laughs> everything I said about the typical, stereotypical, like, Long Island attackman is Rob Pinnell. <laughs> it's literally what it is. And that it's, oh, man, he's so good. Before we get to uh, our tribute to friend of the show, uh, there was a little bit of, you know, hashtag social media bio watching this morning. As you know, people love to look at social media bios to see if guys are sticking with teams and everything. Yeah. Uh, Bryce Wasserman, who plays for the Rattlers in the mm-hmm. MLL, uh, changed his profile picture on Instagram to a picture of him and his Ohio Machine 
Jersey, who he played for before they folded. Interesting. And took all things MLL out of his Instagram bio. So, could Bryce Wasserman be one of the rumored 30-plus players making the jump to the PLL and will be in the expansion Shout out the machine, man. Would be very interesting to see Bryce play. I think he would be a beautiful fit with Chrome. Hey. Playing with Gutty, playing with Jordan Wolf. I think he'd be the perfect just slide-in attackman. Shout out. Shout out. Um, I'm interested. So, that'll be interesting to uh, keep an eye on is now Rob Pinnell, Mark Matthews, Bryce Wasserman are the three known that have taken anything MLL out of their social media bios, but also take that with a grain of salt because it is all just tinfoil hat watching. (laughs) But the big news, PLL-wise, friend of the show, our first PLL guest ever, Greg the Beast Gorenlian hangs up the cleats one last time. We are. 22 years of professional lacrosse in the books. We are. He called it a career. Uh, just yesterday, the outpour of just love and support for Beast on social media was insane. You expect it, yes. but just to see it actually in front of your eyes that is, is cool one thing. of the coolest yes. things ever. Uh, Beast wrote a thank you note that was put out by the PLL accounts. Uh, it said, thank you. In 1999, I picked up a lacrosse stick 19, for the first uh, time. Oh, sorry. I the eye looked like a one at the end of the 99. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, I picked up a lacrosse stick for the first time. It was the greatest decision of my life. Every single time I've ever put on a helmet, I've given everything I have physically and emotionally. I've left I've left it all on the field for the people I played for and with. This sport has given me so much. I've made tons of friendships, created countless memories, won championships, set records, and truly reached my potential in something. I played in the PLL this past summer because I truly believed it was the next evolution in our sport, a league that fears nothing, innovation, speed, professionalism, content at all at heights that have never been reached before my final moments as a player were spent near my hometown in a championship game with a packed stadium chanting roll woods in an epic ot thriller how blessed am i it is now time to take my next steps into a new phase of my life where i believe i can be even be of even greater use helping the pll in other ways off the field where i can provide insight to fans on the next generation of athletes i'm forever grateful to this sport and to the people in this league You'll be seeing a lot of me, and I can't wait to get to work on the next chapter of my life. I love you guys. Signed, Beast. Yeah, man. he's an absolute legend of the game. Um, he redefined what it meant to be a face-off guy, mm-hmm. and to be so dominant for so long. If Beast wasn't as good as he was, you wouldn't have guys like Trevor Baptiste or Nardella. Like you, Connor Farrell or, switching from football to yeah, what he you, did this year as a rookie. You wouldn't see the importance. Well, yes, you kind of would, but it wouldn't be such a high-touted thing mm-hmm. to be a Fogo, right? When When I first learned the sport, right, I look at the face-off guy, and yes, face-offs were important, right? But I didn't understand how important, if you have a guy whose literally jo- only job is to win face-offs. Set the pace of that possession. And and be so dominant at it, you're in such a high demand because it's such a hard thing to be good at. And I always respect these guys um, just because I've been there, right? 
I've been forced to take face-offs and it's so difficult. I've tried to work on it, right? Like in high school, I've sat there working on clamps, doing all this other stuff, even as an attackman, right? Because sometimes, you know, you want to be marketable, right? If I can't go to college for mm-hmm. attack, I'm going to go to college for Fogo, right? It's so difficult. And, and the beast is just so good at it. And to watch him in this PLL season, right, where you thought he was done and he comes back and not only getting face-offs, scoring goals, right, being that face and that one of those voices on the Redwoods to keep them going. Got the whole Roll Woods thing started. Yeah, like, and and he's an area guy, right? He went to Penn State. He's from PA, outside of Philly. Went like to New York, was in the Baltimore area. Yeah, like, this guy is just one of the greats of the game right if if i think if you had a lacrosse mount rushmore his head is up there in yeah. my opinion his head is up there you need a fogo up there and um i can't thank him enough for everything that he's done for the sport i think you know the next chapter i'm very interested to seeing right um i'm interested to seeing what he does with the league what he does to bring up the next generation of face-off guys mm-hmm. yeah, he runs face-off academies and anybody that has the opportunity to learn from him is just that much better of a player yep um it's sad to see him go like for good now right yeah <laughs> um but i don't know words really he's, can't express he's impacted the three of us you me and carly in completely different ways yeah too. you know you as a player who played the game, me as a, a media guy, you know, growing up and wanting to do this whole sports journalism thing for a living, and he comes on our show, open arms, embraces yeah. us, yeah. sees us at PLL weekends, you know, stops what he's doing to say what's up to us. Like, yeah. built that relationship with us from day one. Yeah. And Carly, he was her first client, yeah. you know, athlete-wise to, to do anything. So, like, he, Greg means a lot to this network and he, to this show. He embodies what the lacrosse community and the culture of the sport is all about right if if i see somebody and and this is exactly mm-hmm. what he is on a whole different level though when when i see somebody that is interested in the sport that plays the sport that just enjoys watching it it's all love right i'm not gonna look at you and be like oh you don't like my team or oh you don't know what you're talking about no like that's that's the one thing i love about this community is that Yes, you have your toxic people, and that just happens in whatever community you're looking at, you know. But majority-wise, it's all love, and that's what the beast was about, right? Growing the game, getting the exposure to the sport out to more people that wouldn't see it in the first place. And with the PLL being formed, and, and that's its main goal, he jumps right on it, Right? that's it's exactly what he's about and i think that um i think that it's it's tough you know that he's not playing anymore you know you you, sad to see that but it opens doors and opportunities for a lot of people in the next generation Mm -hmm. right and and he can only help that exactly and i'm very excited to see that and you know you look at just his career as a whole played at penn state played in the MLL, played in MLL championships, played for Team USA, 
won a gold medal with Team USA, and then ends his career, unfortunately, in an overtime loss, but plays in a championship game in his very last game. Yeah. Wins 50% or more of his face-offs in every single game this season in the PLL except for one. To think about that for Greg and like the injuries he had to battle through this season and every other face-off guy being you know that much younger than him too, he was still playing at such an elite level. There's a reason yeah. he was an all-star. He's an absolute tank to it. Yeah. At, at his age, and you see just the physical shape he's in, it's ridiculous. He's unbelievable. That's why he's called the Beast. And uh, like you said, it's it's sad to see such a historic and illustrious career come to an end. But, yeah. you know, we know Beast does commentary for college games. I would love Beast to get in the booth for the PLL season. That would be awesome. Call some games. That would be awesome. Kind of be that third guy in the booth. Him and, Ryan, him and Ryan Boyle. That would be really cool. Dissect the face-offs. Like, he would be a lot of fun in yeah. the booth. Um, I know he's going to help, you know, continue to revolutionize how face-offs are yes. approached yes. at the professional level. And yeah, who he's, knows what this does now for the expansion and the entry drafts yeah, he's, for the PLL. He's not one of those guys who's like, clutching on to the old times right right he, he's not one of those guys well in my day we took face-offs like this no he's always trying to push the game forward and find new ways and, and really revolutionize the face-off position uh i i really can't I, I could talk for days for on this but greg seriously thank you for everything you've done for the sport it's it you're just an amazing human being and you know i can't express that enough you know we'll miss you it'll be tough but I think you went out on a good note. Absolutely. Thank you so much he, for everything. He put out a video on his Instagram, and he said, you'll see me around. Oh, yeah. Probably just without eye black. <laughs> 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 but, yeah, I, I can't thank Greg enough, you know, embracing us from the get-go, coming on the show, our first guest of the PLL season uh, on this show, and just supporting us. And, you know, we saw him at LaxCon a couple weekends ago, and um, – He's just all around one of the best dudes I've been able to uh, come across in this journey, and uh, can't thank him enough. And we'll definitely have to get Greg back on the show, um, you know, now in his retirement phase of his career, and uh, just check in with Greg from time to time. Go spend time with your family; you deserve he's it. The best. Plus, Jack's Beast is one of the cutest little dudes ever. <laughs> he's the, he's the coolest kid. Uh, hash the Nap Time Chronicles on Greg's Instagram story. If you don't follow Greg, you should. He, uh, he takes videos of the baby monitor while Jax is supposed to be napping, but Jax is literally just having playtime with himself. It's the best <laughs> thing ever. Um, but I think that's all we got for you guys this week. Make sure you're following us on Twitter and Instagram at OTBLaxPod. You can follow Dom on Twitter at WashLifestyle. You can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Heck yeah. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Send a Yo. send a congratulations message to Beast in your review. You know what we should do one day. So you know how I stream video games now, yes. right? So I'm, I'm so if you don't know, um, I've been getting into more streaming on Twitch. Um, if you want to check that out, it's uh, Twitch.tv/squirrelback, but you spell it like this: S Q R L B K. In the Twitter bio. It's in my Twitter bio. Um, if you want, what we could do is we could stream one day. I have the lacrosse video game, the Casey Powell Casey lacrosse. Powell? If you want, 
we could play. We could. And we can we can get this going and we could do like a special like OTB video yep. that we can like release on Twitter or whatever. Put like on IGTV. Yeah, we could we could do whatever. Make it like a like a highlight thing mm-hmm. or whatever. Um if you want. We can make that. You interested? We could totally make uh, that. let us know. Let us know. Tweet leave, at us. Tweet at us. Uh leave a comment if you're listening to this on like SoundCloud or whatever. Um if you want to leave it in the review, let us know if you're if you're interested in that because I can definitely make that happen. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. And if you don't have an iPhone, check us out on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Anchor, Overcast, the TuneIn app, iHeartRadio. Waiting for the response from Radio.com, but it should be happening within the next couple weeks. So stay tuned for that. But we are wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, it's going to be a loaded week of NLL action, loaded week of potential more PLL news as we get closer and closer uh, to the expansion draft. It's going to be fun to watch that all go down with friend of the show, head coach of the Water Dogs, Andy Copeland. But uh, this has been episode number 104 of the Outside the Box podcast right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. Make sure you check out our friends at Design Tree. For Dom, I'm Kyle. We are signing off. Peace.